I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. My name is Clay Mills, and I'm here with Marty Dodson. Today's going to be fun. We're going to talk about the very worst advice we ever got when we started writing songs, things that completely derailed us for a minute or two till we figured it out and said, that stuff is bonkers. Um, and then we're going to finish it off just to end on a positive note. We're going to talk about some of the, the best advice that we ever got as writers. So, That's Marty, why don't you start it off? Well, so one of the worst pieces of advice I ever heard was, you got to chase what's on the radio. And that's horrible advice because what's on the radio was probably written a couple years ago. And it's not necessarily where radio's going. And so you kind of have to be clay. You use the analogy of it's like a, a quarterback doesn't throw the ball where the receiver was when he let go of the ball, he throws it where he thinks it's going to be. And that, that's kind of how you have to write. If you're writing for radio, you ha- you kind of have to look at the trends and where things are going and write out beyond what's on the radio. Plus, if you're just writing things like what's on the radio and just copying that, there's already people doing that really well. You know, the, those people are succeeding that. If you're hearing their songs on the radio, they're succeeding at that. And so just copying that is probably not going to get you anywhere. What are your thoughts on that? I agree, you know, and I think you just reminded me of some advice I got one time was the complete opposite, where someone said, oh, don't pay attention to what's on the radio, just write from the heart. You know, first of all, as songwriters, none of us start out and sit down and start writing songs and go, I'm just going to write outside the heart. I'm not going to write about things (laughs) that I care about. Like. Uh Come on, don't most of us sit down to pour our hearts out? I mean, just right from the heart. What's that about? But the opposite, I guess, to your approach would be to never listen to anything that's commercial and expect people who the audience who is speaking that commercial language to, you know, go, oh, yeah, I get what you're doing, even though it's nothing like what I'm what I'm digging right now. So I think it has to be a balance. And, you know, I've it kind of threw me off when I would hear somebody go, well, I tried to to write a hit for years and years, and then I just wrote from the heart and had success all of a sudden. So at, at first I thought, okay, well, that means you shouldn't try to write commercially. But after doing this a long time, I figured out it's actually somewhere in between that time that person spent figuring out how to speak a commercial language w- was time well spent. But then when they put their heart into it and wrote something that really mattered to them, then the two collided. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to be aware of what's going on in the world, be aware of trends, be aware of of that, speak the same commercial language, but you've got to let your heart take you past that. You know, you've got to write something that matters to you and you have to write it in a way where you don't just sound like you're, regurgitating the last 10 hits that were on radio because honestly the person who wrote the last 10 hits is probably going to write the 11th one so your only shot is to write something that matters to you that's a little different than what's out there but you can't just completely go okay i'm not going to sound anything like what the you know listeners want to hear i'm just going to 
you know, sound like I'm from another planet. That's not going to work either. Yeah, I had somebody one time coming to me and say, hey, God gave me this song last night and they played me this song and it didn't make any sense. And and I'm like, well, not to discount inspiration or that God may have given you an idea, but you still have to learn how to put that inspiration into a commercial form. And, and a lot of that comes by listening to what's on the radio, you know. <clears throat> I think yeah, that's and you know, I... I think that um, somewhere in the Bible, it says, you know, that we have to be good shepherds of our talent and we have to, you know, the gist of it is we have to, we have to develop our talents. We can't just go, oh, this is divine inspiration. And these, this chorus was given to me. So therefore it must be right. I mean, come on, let's, you know, don't yeah. give God credit for an average song. He wants you to write your best. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He gave you the talent to write a great song. Go do that. Um, another bad piece of advice. And I saw recently a self-professed uh, songwriting guru um, that really hasn't had much success said someone asked in, in a forum, you know, do you have to have a bridge in every song? And he said, oh, yes, absolutely. You have to have a bridge in every song and I start thinking through my hits, very few of them have a bridge. Yeah. And if you listen to the songs on the radio and pop or country, they don't all have a bridge. So I think any kind of absolute advice like that, that people give you, you should take with a grain of salt because there is no one size fits all answer. You have to look at every single song and say, does this song need a bridge? Yeah. Not just, oh, well, I've got to put a bridge in, so let me think of something to say. You know, so I think that's an example, but the bigger picture is don't listen to absolutes. Of, you know, look at each song in each individual case and try to give that song what it needs and, and don't have some idea in your head of every song has to be a certain way. Yeah, I agree. I've had success with songs that had bridges and songs that didn't have bridges. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, if you've got a great verse and a pre-chorus that goes somewhere completely different, and then a chorus that goes somewhere completely different, you got a post-chorus, you don't need a fifth section in your song that goes, I mean, you you know, you've already got your, your maxed out for, for what you need in that instance. So th there's a lot of factors that go into it. And lyrically, you certainly don't want to write a bridge if you don't need to, to go there lyrically, I would think, you know, because I mean, you're just going to be rehashing and, and that's the kiss of death. When you start, you see that a lot of people, their second verse is basically a first verse just written a little different and, you know, people tune out. If you're going to go to the second verse, you got to take them somewhere. Yeah. You know, go deeper. So, yeah, the bridge for a bridge sake is, is that's not great advice. Another thing that someone told me one time and, and was threw me off for a while, they were like, I only write when I'm inspired. You know, if it's if I'm not inspired, it's going to be a crap song and it's not going to. Mm -hmm. And man, when I started hanging out with people that were great writers, they wrote all the time. They didn't sit around waiting for inspiration to strike. I mean, if you I think Stephen King was, you know, famous for saying that, that, um, you know, inspiration is like a luxury for amateurs. 
because if if it's your job, if it's and I don't mean job in a negative way. I mean, if if you want to be a full time songwriter and you want it to matter, you want your songs to matter to the world. You can't do it just whenever you feel like it. You know, even if you did get lucky and one time write something and it poured out of you, how are you ever going to repeat it? Like just waiting for inspiration. So, yeah, you're at the mercy of inspiration. If that's the case, you know, you have to learn how to get yourself inspired, how to, you know, and how to, if you're a professional songwriter, you got to learn how to be inspired at 1030 tomorrow when that co-write starts, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's a, it's a lot of um, learning how to make, inspiration work for you instead of you being at the mercy of inspiration. Yeah. And if you get a call to go write with Adele tomorrow, you're going to show up and say, well, or call ahead of time and say, I'm sorry, I just don't feel inspired today. I mean, come on. (laughs) No, you're going to show up and you're going to get inspired. You know, you're going to, you're going to talk to her. You're going to, Find out what's going on in her life. Share what's going on in your life. You're going to find some common ground that matters, and you're going to write about it. Yeah, absolutely. Another bad, bad piece of advice I got was you, to be a successful songwriter, you have to perform and play out, play your songs out. There's only in 25 years, there's only one time I've ever played out and had something good come of it. Not not that the rest of them were bad, but one time I played out and this was after I had some hits and uh, the lead singer for the plain white tees came up to me and said, Hey, I love your lyrics. Would you want to write? And we wound up writing some, but I've never literally never had a song that someone heard me play and go, I need, I need to record that for my album. You know I mean? Garth Brooks is not sitting out in the audience at any of my shows or any big artist, you know? And so I, I think again, that's one of those absolutes, you know, maybe some people are great performers and, they sell their songs in such a way and get themselves into shows where there's, you know, influential people there, but that's not a one size fits all thing, you know? And uh, if, if you, if you feel like you're a great performer and that feeds your soul and you love to play your music for people, that's awesome. But if you're not that kind of person, or if you're just a lyricist, you don't have to feel like, well, I can't be successful because I'm not going to play out and perform. Yeah. I know Hall of Fame songwriters that, man, they you would not want to hear them go out and perform, but man, they write great lyrics. Are there, you know, they have something special about what they bring to the writing room that doesn't matter. And I mean, yeah, there are, if, if that's a strength of yours, I do know artists that have put out albums and then later two or three of those songs on that album some big time artists heard those songs and ended up releasing them their own version and making hits. So, yeah, I mean, if that's, if you are an artist, use that to your advantage, but Mm -hmm. by no means ever use that as an excuse because we can both sit here and name hall of fame songwriters that don't go out and play live shows and they are tremendous songwriters. Same way with, you know, you can get on a forum and on Facebook and somebody will go, well, if you just write lyrics, that's not a songwriter. You, and it's, it's the same. It's kind of like a prejudice against somebody, but I can tell you from being a professional songwriter, if you write killer lyrics, you're not going to have any problem 
getting on projects if you're a phenomenal lyric writer because there you know people can there are so many singers that can come up with halfway decent melodies but having the words that touch people that's a that's a magical skill yep I sometimes joke with people that I carry snacks around in my guitar case because I don't even take it out. So like when Clay and I write, I I usually don't even take my guitar out of my case because he's a really good guitar player and I know he's going to have that piece of it handled and I can just work on lyrics. So, Marty, what do you think is some of the best? We talked about some of the crazy stuff we've heard. What's some of the best advice you ever got? And I know you, your publisher, um, when you first started out, was legendary songwriter so i'm sure he probably gave you some good advice along the way yeah he i mean he told me essentially i don't know if it's in these words exactly but he said your secret weapon is your story he's like nobody's lived your story nobody has had all the experiences you've had and so nobody comes at songwriting from the perspective you can come from so if you can learn, like Clay was talking about earlier, if you can learn to be commercial and share those things that are important to you, that matter to you in a commercial way, your story is going to be what makes them unique, you know? And and there are songs that only you can write. And that gave me a lot of confidence because, I, you know, I, I think I did a lot of comparing myself to other people. And he was trying to kind of subtly say to me, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. Dig deep into who you are and what you want to say and then learn. You know, he taught me the skills and the craft of songwriting so that I could tell my stories in a way um, that other people are going to relate to. What about you? Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. In fact, my first publishing deal with EMI Music Um, famous producer at the time, Mark Bright, signed me to um, publishing company. He worked there. He was a staff producer at EMI. And I asked him, I was like, well, years later, you know, I talked to him. I said, why did you sign me back then? I didn't have any hits. You know, nobody had ever even recorded one of my songs. And he said, you had a unique voice. He didn't say, oh, you were writing really commercial music that sounds like everything else or... Like he didn't, I mean, he didn't say it sounded like you, you were going to write the next hit. He said you had a unique voice Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I think people miss when they're chasing that special thing. What it takes to write a hit song is they forget that they have that unique voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think after you've been, you start out unique and I think you start, feeling the pressure of, I want to get somebody to sing one of my songs that's famous. And so you start watering down what you do. And I think that's, then you got to get back to your unique voice before you're ever going to have any success. Yeah. And I I see people too, that freak out. They get the feedback that your songs are too out there or too different. Mm -hmm. And they, instead of just kind of dialing them back a little bit to get closer to the market, they freak out and they abandon the whole, thing that they're doing you know and if if you get the feedback that your songs are too out there or too different um i would just dial them back a little bit because that's that can be good you know that can be really good that your songs are different than everybody else's and that you have a little different take so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if if you get that kind of feedback yeah my first kind of mentor 
who was mentoring me as, as a writer and believed in my writing, um, guy in Nashville, Bobby Cottle. And his, he had, I'm trying to just get the story, it's coming back to me now because I wasn't planning on talking about this, but he was Craig Wiseman's first publisher. And Craig went on to write, you know, probably 30 or more number one songs, just a monster songwriter. And he said for five years, he pitched Craig's songs around Nashville and nobody got them. They, they were just too out there. They just didn't, you know, for, for the times people didn't get them. And I said, well, did he change what he was doing? And he goes, not really. He just kept doing it. And finally the town caught up with him. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, I guess from pitching those songs over and over, it started just kind of people started going, well, maybe that could work, you know? And then next thing you know, he gets a cut, he gets a hit and then everybody wants that. And since he's writing the way he writes and no one else in town wrote like that, he cornered that market. So people yeah. are like, I want a song like that hit. And it's like, well, you got to go to Craig Wiseman for that. You know, he's yeah. the only guy writing that stuff. And then, you know, it's a smart town. Three years later, of course, everybody's trying to copy Craig Wiseman. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. You got any more good pieces of advice or are we going to close it out? Um. I think, you know, pretty much what I would say to anyone that we touched on before is just sit down every day. Even if it's for a few minutes, you've got to work at it. You've got to keep that, you know, muscle going. You've got to keep building that writing muscle. And don't worry so much about whether you're writing, whether it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. Just write, you know, just yeah. get in there every day and write and write and write. And I think good things will come out of that. Absolutely. Well, everybody, check out the show notes. we got a lot of information in there about books we've written, about Songtown itself. Thanks for being here. Hopefully you can learn from the worst advice we've ever been given. And, you know, the best advice, Marty, would be check out our sponsor, Sweetwater, because they have the deals. And that's where I've gotten all my gear for the last 20 years. So thankfully, we did not get a sponsor where I have to go. Well, I don't know about them. We can't we can't, you know, sponsor be sponsored by that company. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Keeping it real like we do at Songtown. I bought everything in my studio from Sweetwater for about the. I would say the past yeah. 20, 20 plus years. Clay and I both use them. That's why we recommend them. Yeah, man. All right. Take care, everybody.